Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. Fans, we have a very, very, very special co-host that you're seeing on your screen right here. This guy that you're seeing right here is just absolutely dear to my heart. If you hey, if you have any respect for my knowledge of the game of baseball, if you follow Dodgers Daily, you can attribute almost all of it to the guy that you're seeing right here. He was my coach way back when, Coach Holt. Man, I, I hope I don't break up when I'm bringing you in here because this guy right here that you're seeing is one of the most special dudes uh, in the history of my life. So, hey, Tony, thank you so much for, for joining in. Well, I appreciate it, Casey. I appreciate the offer and you getting me involved in it. And, and the kind words, we go way back. Uh, oh, yeah. Way back in here, back when you were nine and under with Brad and your dad was yeah. coaching in. You learned a lot of baseball knowledge from your father as well. So I, I just <laughs> yeah. hope to chip in there somewhere. But you had a lot of ba- good baseball background. Can't forget Coach DeFee. Certainly can't forget Coach Smalley. I still think I have one of his size 16 shoes in my garage somewhere right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. He, he, I think his feet get bigger as he gets older. But he, he's yeah. a Cardinal fan. But we won't hold, we won't hold that against him. You know, you know most fun. most people in Oklahoma are Cardinals fans because it was the only major league club, it's the closest major league club for as far as the National League goes. Now we have Texas, you know, which is four hours away, but that was American League. But people around here like the, you know, they like the complete game where you bunt a little bit, you run a little bit. So they like mm-hmm. the National League style of game. And then the the only team that really came in as far as uh, you know, being on radio were the Cardinals, and you'd listen to Jack Buck and Harry Carey and all those guys. So there's a lot of older Cardinal fans out there in Oklahoma, aren't there? Yes, there is. And it, it's a great organization. I guess second of the Yankees in the World Championships. I got a funny deal. I grew up in southern Oklahoma, cases you knew, right on the Red mm-hmm. River. So I'm old enough that back in the day, before the Texas Rangers came in, I was too far away from St. Louis. The Houston Astros are the games we would see. You know, of course, back yeah. then you'd see maybe one game a week. Yeah maybe a Sunday afternoon Houston Astro game. So I was borderline Houston Astro fan. It's hard to say now as a Dodger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got some bad blood. But, uh, <laughs> then I became a Texas Ranger fan when they came into existence. I was still kind of living down that part of the, of the country. But always been Dodger blue. My older brother, Randy, kind of got me started on that. Ron was a Yankee fan back in the day, but I think we've actually turned him around. So my older brother, Randy, who's a, a Guthrie resident right now, has started me on the Dodgers, and I think Rex as well. So we're Dodger blue and have been as long as I can remember. So that brings me back into just kind of introducing who you are. Of course, Tony, he was my coach way back when, and and like I said, I attribute almost all that I know about baseball to him. So he is American Legion coach forever here at Stillwater, has coached just multiple, multiple, multiple uh, professional baseball players, definitely has coached Major League Baseball players. And then when I believe took Glencoe, which is an area, a school in the area of Stillwater, to the first state state tournament ever, I believe, in basketball. I think that was like the, about the year 2000. Yes, okay, sir. So worked at Stillwater News Press, covered Oklahoma State, all sorts of athletics. Brother Ron still works at the Stillwater News Press, just a legendary sports writer for that organization, has covered anywhere from Barry Sanders to Hartley Dykes to Thurman Thomas to all, you know, to all the awesome baseball guys like Robin Ventura, Pete Incavilla. You guys have been there all along the way. Then you, you mentioned your brother Randy, who lives. I see him quite a bit here in Guthrie. Who, when he, you know, he goes out for his walks. That's pretty cool. And then Rex obviously has been the play-by-play voice. 
at Oklahoma State, is in the Oklahoma State Hall of Fame. And, by the way, Tony was just a ridiculously great uh, multiple sports start right here at Guthrie where I was the head coach for eight years, the assistant for 18. So pretty qualified background in the game of baseball and the sporting world all in all for the guy you're seeing right here, Tony Holt. Well, I appreciate all the kind words, Casey. Yeah, I had a great – we moved to Guthrie when I was in the eighth grade. Had, had a great time uh, growing up in Guthrie. Graduated from there in 1976. Max Townsend was my baseball coach. Yeah. Uh, Bob Griffin just went to the Hall of Fame a couple years ago as my basketball coach. Bert Elliott coached football for us. I think Mike Sperry came in right towards the end of that. But great memories of Guthrie, great athletics all the way down through the year. I don't think I was a star of any stretch. I was like everybody else. Yeah, we just loved playing. We played every sport played three sports and time my life had some great friendships and Guthrie's a great place to grow up as you as you know you you didn't grow up there but you kind of did now yeah, as, right. as an adult so it's a great place I had great memories of that and of course living in Stillwater stayed pretty close to it and getting ready to move back that way so I hope to get around Guthrie and get to see you more often as well yeah no doubt congratulations on your retirement and then congratulations on your mother Gladys turning 97 wow beautiful <laughs> well, yeah, lady isn't she Oh, it's awesome. And uh, I always tell people she looks younger than the rest of us, all of our four sons and and daughter. But she's an amazing lady, 97. We got to celebrate her the other night in Stillwater and saw some friends pop in. And uh, she's doing great. She lives by herself still and Mm -hmm. got a little help. But so she's she's, she's an amazing lady. And, you know, we just had a blast uh, celebrating her the other night. So somebody had to give all you Holt boys all your good looks, and it definitely was her. So, okay, man, let's get into the meat of the Dodgers. 58 and 43 this year. And, man, you coach, you've been in the coaching world. You've been, you know, in the journalism world. So you've seen every – you've been obviously you're a player. You've seen every aspect of this. So when you have a club like the Dodgers that has such huge expectations, you know, and everybody expects them to win a World Series every year, and then all of a sudden – you know, uh, Walker Buehler goes down. Then Dustin May goes down. Then Clayton Kershaw goes down. Tony Gonsolin misses time. Julio Urias misses time. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey, you know how it is. This is a not a forgiving world. So it doesn't matter who goes down. You still have to figure out a win, that way to win games. The Dodgers have. They're in first place by three games over San Francisco. 15 games over 500. Pretty incredible. Now, Rex and I were just visiting about this at Mom's birthday party that night, actually. Of course, we talk Dodgers a lot. And I said, it's amazing that they're doing as well as they did, considering what you just mentioned. The whole, they've got a, almost a Hall of Fame pitching staff. It's on the IR. You know, <laughs> you know, yet they're still able. They've brought some young kids up, Miller, Sheehan. Some of those kids have come up and uh, Stone. You know, they've got some struggles. Maybe they're not whatever, but they're talented kids. And, you know, and uh, their name is mentioned a lot of the trade stuff, which we'll talk about later. But, uh, they've kind of pieced it together. I think it's even more impressive that they're in first place, considering all the things. Pitching is so important to everything. You know, uh, every team's success is that, as you know, that's how we want to stay championship on the team you were on. We basically had yep. pitching and defense and try to get a run here and there. But yeah. that is so important. And the fact that they were able, are still able to stay in first place, says a lot about uh, uh, Dave Roberts. It says a lot about. Um, I don't know. They got great leadership. I mean, Freddie Freeman, Mookie. Oh my gosh! I mean, those guys. Those are cornerstones you can build off. And they've they've both got a lot of years left in them. I think you know Will Smith's a great catcher, and I just think it's you know it's probably some culture deal. They expect to win. No doubt. Uh, they're count. they people expect them to win. So it's been an impressive deal that they're they're able to do what they've done. And I, I think the Giants have played great. Good lord! No I think We'd probably all agree San Diego has the most talent. You know, as far as their lineup. They're not 
performing like the Diamondbacks have had a great year. This is a tough division. Although those people are Diamondbacks and the, the Giants are good. So I think the Dodgers, it's going to be a race all the way to the end. It's exciting. I don't want to play the Padres either, man. I mean, I know they're having a tough year, but golly, man. So much talent. You don't want to face that team in the first round of the playoffs. No, it snails out there. He's one of the best pitchers in the big leagues. You know what I mean? They throw him out there, and that, that lineup just is crazy. You know, I don't know what's missing there, and I hope it continues to stay missing where we don't have to see yeah. him too much. But, you know, I've always been a Dodger, and you're supposed to, by blood, hate the Giants, you know, as, as, as you grow up. And, <laughs> but I always love Bruce Bochy, even when he's with the Giants, and now I really love him with the, with the, with the Rangers. I think he's a, he's a Hall of Fame manager. I always had respect for him. I was supposed to hate the Giants, but I had a tough time hating them. I wasn't crazy about Bonds, but the rest of them, you know, kind of went about their business the right way. So I guess there's more respect. I didn't like them, but I respect them. But I really like Bruce Bochy as a manager. Yep. You know, there in, in, in rivalries, there's some rivalries where you just literally have hate. You know, OU Texas, you know, OU OSU a lot of times. Yep. hate so i think the dodgers san francisco rivalry is is one of those that's really when you ask most dodgers fans they hate the giants you know and then you have like the ou nebraska old rivalries where it's just all about respect you know so yep. you have different types of rivalries so i certainly enjoy watching the dodgers in san francisco hook up every time they do that because there's just straight animosity in that as far as every time those two teams play. Okay, so let me get your thoughts on this year's teams as far as, you know, hey, I think they have a championship-caliber offense. They, you know, the best offense in the National League. They scored. Now, they're inconsistent, but I've, right. I was talking about this the other day on my show. If you watched all the teams, we only watched the Dodgers, but you would see all the other teams' inconsistencies if you watched them and analyzed them every day like we do the Dodgers. I think they have a championship defense. You know, Miguel Rojas, I know he's, he's not hitting the ball very well, but he is a great defensive shortstop you know you have a good outfield you have a good catcher so I think you have a good enough defense to win a world championship I think the bullpen has come around since they got Ryan Brazier I think the bullpen has enough pieces to win a world series title it's the starting pitching and you know hey one thing in one of the comments the other day great point usually the Dodgers are very very balanced as far as all their different units not one unit is that much better than the other so this is kind of abnormal for the Dodgers to have one unit that isn't as good as the rest which would be the starting pitching yeah it's it's always kind of been the cornerstone historically with the Dodgers yeah uh, starting pitching and and it's just been crazy what, what they've gone through this year but you know that I, I'm like you. That that is that is the only thing that could hold them back. You know, and, and uh, you know you hear some names pop around on the trade deadline, whatever. It's going to be hard to get that top line pitcher. Yeah. You know, it's going to be hard to get this, this even at the trade deadline. You may get some some help there. And you never know. Some guys get a change of uh, scenery and they and they and they come around. That you know, all of a sudden they, they're having a good year. Maybe it wasn't so good, and they get the Dodgers like they get pumped up. And, yeah. So you never know. You, you hope you you walk into something like that with a the starting pitcher from another team that you're able to, to get a hold of and that they can come in and make a difference. But, you know, the big key in Rex I was about this other night, and you mentioned it too, those young kids. Yeah. You know, at some point, you know, we you don't want to give up on them, you know, because they've got so much talent. You know, yeah. you know they're not that far away yet. But, yeah, yeah I walked only uh, 89er, or excuse me, 89 of the Dodger game <laughs> only to in Oklahoma City this year. Uh, we walked in there and, and Gavin Stone was pitching. Yeah. So that was awesome. I got to see him pitch live. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's another one of those guys. That, you know, they, they may not quite be ready, but they're so good. And, you know, you hate to get rid of a guy like that. And all of a sudden he's a Cy Young award winner in three years. Yeah. But that's the nature of the business. 
you know, if they want to acquire some big name, they're going to have to give up some some good players. And the Dodgers are what number two in the in the Major League Baseball as far as a farm system. Go watch, go watch, go to Oklahoma City or Tulsa and watch baseball. It's just loaded with talent there and arms. And it, it, that's for us, you and me, and all the Dodger fans. It's it's a utopia, man. We got Double A in Tulsa and Triple A in Oklahoma City. It doesn't get any better than that. It does not. Get to go right up and down that Turner Turnpike. And another thing about it is, you know, hey, if you want to go get the Shohei Otanis, if you want to have the Mookie Betts on 10-year contracts, if you want to sign the Freddie Freemans till they're almost 40, okay, you can't have nine guys in your lineup. I mentioned this the other night. You can't have nine guys in your lineup with 10-year contracts. You can't have five starting pitchers with 10-year contracts. That's the best way to for the Dodgers, even with all the resources they have, to have a five-year span and not even make the playoffs because you're going to have aging veterans that, that are underperforming the type of contracts they have. So the Dodgers love this roster flexibility. And I'm telling you, fans, if you want the Dodgers to go show to go sign Shoei Otani, you better hope that Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, Michael Grove, Nick Nestrini, Nick Frasso, Landon Knack, you better hope these rookies – really perform well because those rookies provide you a really cheap source of production that yeah. allows you to have the extra flexibility because they're so cheap to go get that superstar. Yeah, and like you said, those guys are so talented. And at some point, you're just going to have to live with it. You know, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like this year, you know, we lose lose Lux in spring training. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's next man up. The season hadn't even started yet. And here we go. You know, this, your plans are all scrapped, and we've all been there as coaches. You know, even me and you on the high school level. Oh, man, had a great idea. Now that's, you know, we got to go another direction. You, but the, the game doesn't stop. It's unforgiven, and you just you just go, and you go to the next person. But, yeah, you just want to, those kids need to perform. And, and I still get a feeling one of those kids are just going to reel off about five or six wins yeah. in a row. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, because so, we know the talent's there. There's a lot to it playing pitching Dodger Stadium than it is over at Tulsa or Oklahoma City. Is everybody knows that's that's goes that saying, but you know you just hope when those kid kids catch fire and all of a sudden it's a difference maker, you know. Yep, yeah, or two or three of them, and then oh, another yeah. thing I can do is if you know say say two or three of them pitch really well at this year, then that you know you could bump a couple of them to the bullpen, which you know that's killing two birds with one stone. Let's say that you know that Clayton Kershaw does come back, Bobby Miller still keeps killing it. You know Sheehan has struggled lately. I think he's struggling to get comfortable at the major league level. But you could bump Michael Grove or Ryan Pepio is going to come back. And then even even an image Sheehan down to the bullpen, and that kills two birds oh, with man. one stone. Yeah, you know. Okay, so you've been in the coaching world forever. So I talk about the Dodgers culture all the time. And, you know, hey, at some point, you know, you can even talk to coaches all the way down to, you know, the, the amateur levels. At some point, baseball is baseball. You know, all these guys know baseball. The players, especially at the major league level, they already know how to play baseball. So a manager's job at the major league level is less about maybe teaching the game of baseball and more about just handling the egos and making sure people are comfortable and just figuring out a way from a mentality perspective of getting the best performances out of everybody uh, you know, I, I'm huge. I'm huge on the way that Dave Roberts treats his players. I'm huge on how he gets them comfortable. And I think, by and large, in, in the long run of things, that allows the guys to perform at their best. Would you agree with that? Oh, no doubt about it. And I, I, I want to mention a great interview you had with James Outman. I just yeah, thank you. watched that the other day. And he, and he alluded to that all the way down yes. to Henny down there at uh, 
our buddy yeah. from Cali College, you know, the national oh, championship, boy. Cali Tigers. Oh, yeah. Down there. Scott Hennessy, the double-A manager. You know him very well, don't you? Great Absolutely. dude. Absolutely. What a great guy and great coach, great manager. But, you know, you know how, how James mentioned them all the way up, you know, the guys, and, and they're getting up there with, with uh, uh, Dave Roberts now. And each of them has given him something, that culture. Uh, they were all different in how they approached the way they coached the game, but they all gave him something. Yeah, he's on a major league level dealing with, like you said, Dave Roberts, a guy who's handling, I think that's decision making. Like you said, keeping the clubhouse intact, you know, and uh, they're not running around ranting and raving like Billy Martin used to and throwing stuff and kicking like I used to. We used to see. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, by the way. But anyway, (laughs) that's not happening on that level, you know. He's, uh, he's, he's got to pull the right strings, talk to kids, young kids when they come up, like you said, aging veterans. And that's a big – that's a that's a CEO-type job, and I think Roberts has done a good job. I know he catches a lot of heat, like they all do, you know, down through the years. But I think he's done a great job, and, and the culture is – you can tell they've got a good culture. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, one of the best ways you can tell is all the, the really – you know, the veterans that are wanting to reclaim their, their – their you know their entire career and come back and have success maybe later on they all want to come to the the dodgers because they see the development they see the culture they know they can fit right in get comfortable and then get the great development and then hey you know maybe have a four or five year run at the end of their career yeah it's good to see kike hernandez come back i know he'll be probably a platooning guy but you know maybe i know he struggled a little bit this year with the red sox maybe he comes back and catches fire and can fill in some spots there for him and like you said he wanted to come back and uh you know, you hear about some other guys maybe want to hit me. You know, I wish Justin Turner would come back. I love Justin Turner over, over Red over at the Red Sox. I know that's probably not going to happen. We all do. Yeah, he, he's an awesome guy. I follow him on Twitter. He just seemed like an awesome, awesome young man. He, and, and you wish they'd all come back. You know, I know that's not the nature of the business. We won't get them back. But I'd love to have Bellinger come back. He's killing it with the Cubs. So I got a good friend here who's a, a Cub fan, and he loves Bellinger. You know, he's just yeah. thriving over there. And I'm sitting there going, damn, it. You know, we, we <laughs> love him too. But, you know, it's the nature of the business. Needed a change of scenery. I think that yep. happens a lot. I think Cody got in a rut here with the Los Angeles yep. Dodgers. Yeah, okay. So, all right. Well, the rubber's getting ready to meet the road. You have this home series with the Reds, who, by the way, is a good team this year. Then you have the A's. Then you go on the road to the Padres, which you know is not going to at all be an easy series for the Dodgers. Then you have the D-backs. So, yep. you have a three-game lead in the division, but, man – this is a, you know, and we talk about, hey, you never can get too high, too low. But so when you have 162 games, kind of like the old American Legion schedules, where you look at them, you go, holy smokes, we play every night for, for three months here. This is, this is a lot of baseball. So what you have to do is you have to break it into short chunks. Like, hey, this nine-game series, let's go five and four here. Hey, in this nine-game series, let's go six and three. So you kind of have to break it down and make goals from that perspective. So this next nine-game series, although it's just nine out of 162, Big stretch for me. Yeah, and, and so you, you're absolutely correct. You have to break it down like that. You know, you, the only thing you can say, the other team's not going to go 9-0. and You know, if they right. do, well, so right. be it. They're, they're, at some point, they're going to go through the low spot, too. The long season, everybody goes the ups and downs. So, uh, no, this is a big challenge because you're playing you're, you're playing two teams in your division that are coming up, you know, with, with the Padres and, and the D-backs and – I totally agree with you. You can't be high. You know, we, we used to call it, I know Coach Ward, Gary Ward, OSU, the football mentality. You can't be like this every day. You know, we act, I, I probably did that too much, but uh, <laughs> you can't do that every day. You know, you have to stay on the even keel. We always we all know the even keel, not too high, not too low, whatever. 
but you're right that at some point you can look at your schedule. This is big. I mean, this is yeah. you know this is this can be, you know, you go out there and go three and six. You know, and meanwhile the you know, somebody else, you know, then all of a sudden you got problems, especially if you lose three to the Diamondbacks or something. You know, yeah. you're tied and and as they used to call it the dog days of summer. We're definitely here in Oklahoma in the dog days of summer, and I know everybody is. But no, this is a very important stretch, and and you're you hit it right on the head. Uh, you you can't be at the top and you're not going to go 162 and oh you just but you can look at certain spots going this is this is big for us this you know this is this could be a, a big big nine game series here uh they could you know you hate sand make or break you nine out of 162 but you never know yeah no you, you never you know you, you never you absolutely never know which games you can look back on and wish you had back okay let's move on to the trade deadline and you know hey i mentioned i think the dodgers have a, an offense that is world championship quality a defense that's championship quality okay but so i think you know kiki hernandez ahmed rosario of course ahmed rosario i think there's one reason why they got him he hits lefties they were yep. looking for that right-handed bat that could hit lefties because all their outfielders even at the triple a level are all left-handed you yep. know so and i know he's an infielder but but when you're you know when you're looking to go get a right-handed you know a, a guy that can hit lefties it's easier to find an outfielder so I think right there that goes to show you that the Dodgers feel like just by those two acquisitions to start out with, with Kike, who's light hitting this year, but utility, Rosario, who can hit lefties, I think they feel like overall, from from an overall perspective, they have most all the pieces. Now they're getting real niche-based as far as just, you know, kind of scratching the exact itches that they have on this team. Yeah, I agree. And, and then it goes back to what we said starting out of the starting pitching. Of course, uh, if, you, if you're like me, uh, you know you never know if this is true or not. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, pops up Nolan Arenado. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I love that guy. He's one of the greatest third basemans ever. Plays having a great yeah. year. But you, would, you know, that'd be one of those like we mentioned. You'd have to give up a bunch for him. You know, you're going to end up losing all those young pitchers. But yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think they they feel good at shortstop now. They got a guy in there. I let him in there. He can hit, he can hit lefties and and. But he's still going to have to address the, pit, the starting pitching deal. Yes. And, you know, and, and I don't know, you know. Yeah, so here's kind of where I come down on this. It, it's, you know, with the extra wild card team in each league that gets in, now you get three wild cards instead of two. So it's it's muddied the waters as far as who's a buyer and who's a seller because there's so many teams, even with losing records, that are, hey, we're only five back from the wild card, just go on a little streak right here, we're right in it. So if you're if you're a general manager, how do you convince that your fan base that you're a seller when you're only three or – especially like the Angels, okay? When you have a Shohei Otani who can literally DH and hit a couple of home runs and then pitch the first game, win game one of any playoff series by himself, how do you convince your, your – your, you know, your fans that you should be a seller at the trade deadline. So that has really, really muddied the waters of the, the trade scenarios. So here's kind of where I'm at on that. I've, I've said it many times. I think the Dodgers need to start to top overpay with their prospects, you know, because they have so many. They have redundancy in their farm system. They have one arm after the other. So overpay to get a guy that will plug in right at the top of your, of your rotation. Now, you know, okay, kind of like Rob Walton at Oklahoma State. He likes the slider-type guys, the guys that can cut the ball, move the ball a little bit better. I'm of the opinion they need to go find a guy that A, is very, very talented, and B, has the right type of picks, uh, pitch mix. You know, the riding four-seam up, the tumbling change-ups, the left-turning sliders. Find the guy with the exact mix that the Dodgers like to work with. And I think if you plug that guy in with the development with the Dodgers, he could turn in within, you know, maybe two or three starts of being the guy at the top of the rotation. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You're, you're going to have to overpay for that. I hope they they can get that guy. You know, I know, I know. I think Scherzer's name even popped up. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't ever. Of course, you if you're like me, they you all do. This yeah, Dodger, <laughs> you follow this Dodger stuff, and uh, there's always something popping up there. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. know how, how credible it is. So I just don't get too high or too low. I'd rather listen to you because I know you you're actually in, <laughs> you know researching this stuff, and I trust you. I don't know about these other people. These that I see on the internet, but yeah, that, that would be a big, if they get that guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Cheap. So, it's not cheap though. No, it's not cheap. And I've said it a couple of times. I don't mind overpaying because for every Landon Knack, you also have a Nick Frasso for every Nick Frasso. You have a Kyle hurt. So you have, you know, even if you give up say two or three of your big time pitching prospects or your second baseman or your outfielders, you have two or three behind them that need a path to the major leagues and it's a win-win because that prospect gets a cleaner path to the major leagues and then the Dodgers get what they need okay so let's move on to some of the other topics that you've had a chance to see with your own eyes both at the minor league level and major league level some of the new rule changes and I know you like the the complete game of baseball hey you're not necessarily huge on always bunting every time you get a leadoff guy to first base but there is times in baseball where you do need to bunt a guy over you know hey stolen bases you know it's been metrically almost eliminated but you make the bigger boxes so stolen bases maybe not the greatest idea all the time but there are times in some guys that need to steal a lot of bases the time clocks the game needed to speed up especially if you watch the college game you'd really realize mm-hmm. how well that time clock does for them and then the runner starting at second base in the extra innings <laughs> dive into the new rule changes i don't really like the runner starting at second base yeah. and i guess there's a chance of making the game maybe we'll have those 18 19 inning games like you used to have back in the old days but i'm not real crazy about that one the, the clock i think we both agree everyone agrees the major leagues and the college game need to be sped up some you know uh, it, it was too slow the bigger bases obviously it's 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 in proofs in the pudding it's led to more stolen bases uh the time clock it, you know I, I like that too. I th- I, and everybody's, it's like all these new changes. People adjust to it, you know. Yeah. I, I, I went, to, like you have, I went down to the Oklahoma City Dodger game. The only one I saw with Gavin Stone. That's the first time I've seen firsthand with the uh, the appeal and the, ball, the balls and strikes. The good thing about it, the umpires didn't miss that many pitches. No. You know, it shows it immediately on the uh, scoreboard. You know, every pitch is immediately there. And when they did appeal it, you know, they got, they got, it wasn't that many. So these are minor league umpires. I thought they did, I thought they, guys, maybe it makes them focus more and do a better job. And, and they had a few appeals. They were big. I mean, but but it was quick. I know you, you've been you've probably been to a Dodger game down there in Oklahoma City. The part I liked about it, it was so quick. You know, yeah. they'd, they'd appeal the pitch and boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's a strike or it's a ball, you know. So it didn't slow the game down. And, and you got the call right. But credit to those guys. I know they catch a lot of heat and, you know, the uh, – the, the Angel Hernandez of the world, you know, that probably deserves some of it, but uh, they, all do of pretty, it. <laughs> they do a great they do all of it. Yeah, what's your strikes? They do a great job of calling balls and strikes, and I thought that that night, but that's the first time I witnessed it. But I just I just was impressed at how quick it was, and it's and it's on point. And the managers didn't abuse it that much, you know. It, mm-hmm. it just did a few times, and they got the call right, and and, and the guy was either out or he wasn't out. But it, but it wasn't it wasn't a detriment to the game. It wasn't something like, oh, come on, man, what are we doing? You know, it wasn't one of those deals. So, I, you know, maybe I won't like it if I see it more often. But I've only seen it once, and I kind of thought it was okay. I think the the college football replay, the NFL replay, kind of has some people a little bit soured to that whole system because it just seems like they take forever to get those replays done in football. And it just seems to me like it would be so easy to say, hey, if you don't have a decision made in 45 seconds, then obviously it's too close. Just forget about it. Let's 
stick with it. it seems it's still a stick with the call. It seems like it'd be easy enough to have that system. That's exactly what the challenge system is. Okay, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're on the automated system. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're on the challenge system. So the managers, Travis Barbary, Triple Eight, the players, they get a chance to experience both aspects of it. I've asked several guys which one they think they like the best. They've all said the challenge system. It's absolutely awesome because, hey, it can't come from the bench. So it has to come literally immediately. You have like one or two seconds to tap your head, whether you're a catcher, pitcher, or hitter. Then it goes up on the board. It shows you the, the strike zone on the board. You get to see the baseball coming in, and then you get to see whether it lands in the zone or not. And that takes literally 15 to 16 seconds. And it's just – it's it's a, not only does it not slow the game down, it to me it adds excitement because you see that thing up on the board and you're like, all right, who's going to get egg on their face right here, right? Yeah. You know, so it's kind of fun i agree with it i think it'd work after seeing it i think it'd work in a major league level i think there'd be some growing pains like everything else but no it was fun the fans around us you know we're all said hey come on you know challenge that you know whatever so it kind of puts some excitement in a good way you know everybody just wants to call right the umpires want the call right there ain't nobody out there trying to cheat anybody you know that's not happening so that everybody wants to call right and i think it's a good we don't want to take the human aspect out of it though you know and and i don't think they will ever totally do that but it is nice. That's a, a small detail, but it's a big detail. But it's something that they can take care of in a in small fashion that, that, that doesn't is not a detriment to the game. I, I like it. We'll see it. what happens. All right, Coach, I've taken a lot of your time here. This is going to be every Friday, by the way. Coach Holt's going to join me for our Dodgers Daily Show, and then we'll have the minor league aspect part of the, the show after we, we go live for about 10, 15 minutes. Talk to Coach Holt about – about Dodgers baseball, who is a wonderful Dodgers fan, gets to go to Tulsa, gets to go to Oklahoma City. I know you go watch the Dodgers with your brother, brother Rex, and your brothers Rex and Randy, every time you get a chance to do that. So super excited about every Friday morning, the, the L.A. Dodgers segment, getting to talk to you about the Dodgers. It's going to be fun, isn't it? I, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, I'm just glad I get to talk to Casey Porter. I don't see you enough. Your dad, I miss you guys. I love you guys. And yeah, we love is, you too. I can kill two birds with one stone. We can. I can talk to Casey and I can talk about the Dodgers. What this is going to make me do is, is do a little homework, though. I told you the other day, I don't watch as much as I should. I need to do a little homework before next Friday. So I've got some more names and I've got a little bit other than just watching the game and, you know, being a, you know, couch managing from the couch type deal. You know, hey, Bond here, what are we doing? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Now I might have to actually study. And, and try to be catch up on it. Try to stay up with you, and that's going to be hard for me to do. I don't think I can, but I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to give more to it. Well, good thing about it is, you know, hey, we could sit around for like two days in a row talking baseball to begin with, and then when you add the Dodgers to it, I mean, literally, it could be endless as far as the amount of time we could spend. Plus, just getting to talk to you, Coach. What a wonderful experience! You know, getting to talk to you more often. I think the last time I saw you was at Coach Bales's retirement party, which was a hell of a lot of fun. Yes, you know, there over there in Glencoe. Another Dodger fan, one of the great Dodger fans right there, Rick Bales. So he sure is. We need to get him. We need to get him watching this show. So yeah, if hey, we can Coach, get him out of bed, you know, he's retired like me. He's probably sleeping right now. So, but if we can get him out of bed, he'd have some insight on. It, I'm sure. Congratulations on that. And I know you you just had to just uh, – you touched so many people's lives, mine included, you know, not just learning the game of baseball, but learning just the, the culture of how baseball should be approached from a mental perspective. You touched so many young people's lives. So, hey, going to be super exciting. Thank you for joining. And so uh, before we get off, I just wanted to say that before we get to the minor league part of this show. Okay. Thank you, Casey. Thanks for the invitation. And 
I hope I didn't mess up here on day one, and I'll try to do better next time, but thank you. <laughs> no, oh, you're always so humble, Coach. Okay, fans, that concludes our, our talk on the L.A. Dodgers. So now time to move our attention to the minor league action in the system. So let's not waste more time. Let's get right to it, and let's take a trip down on the farm. The AAA Oklahoma City Dodgers were the only affiliate last night to win their game. It was a rough night in the system, plus L.A. didn't play. So, you know, last night was one of those nights that wasn't the most exciting if you follow the Dodgers affiliates. But what you're seeing right here is Cole Calhoun, who has been hitting the baseball very well for AAA Oklahoma City. He hit this grand slam that you just saw that that extended the game. So Oklahoma City has won two games in a row there in El Reno. Cole Calhoun hitting 301 on the year. OPS 886, and he has hits in eight games in a row, and he's eight for his last 17. And during that stretch of 17 at-bats, he has the grand slam you just saw, two triples, two doubles, eight RBIs. So this dude, Cole Calhoun, is doing damage. Talked to a couple of players lately, and they said definitely, you know, hey, the dog days of summer, the fatigue is setting in. That's part of the mental battle every day. But, hey, that's part of the mental battle that you got to get over and you got to figure out how to produce through Hunter Fiducia being a catcher. I talk about all the time. You would think being a catcher you would wear down as the heat builds up. You know, it gets hotter outside. The games pile up on top of you. Not him, man. That's one unique thing about him. As the season goes on, he simply does not wear down, and most times he actually gets stronger offensively as the season goes. And when you talk about a left-handed hitting catcher having that kind of durability, that is really, really valuable for an organization. So I hope he gets his chance at the major league level sooner rather than later because he has done everything he can to get that chance. He had two hits on Wednesday. He was on base four times for Triple A. Oklahoma City, and he's hitting 301, OPS 913, and he's six for his last nine, two doubles, a home run, two RBIs, four runs scored, 11 total bases. He did not play last night. Patrick Mazika got to play, so that's part of the reason, you know, the Dodgers have Mazika and Freitas, so they're able to give Hunter Fiducia some days off. I know he's had every Sunday off. Then you get the Monday off, so he gets a chance to recoup his body from that scenario. Basically, you catch the Saturday night game, then you don't have to catch again all the way until Tuesday, so that really helps as well, that depth. So Hunter Fiducia playing very good for AAA Oklahoma City. One of the hot-button topics as far as the, the type of player that the Dodgers needed to acquire was maybe a right-handed stick that could hit left-handed pitching. Bryson Brigman, no doubt, has done that at the AAA level. Now, I understand it's the minor leagues. It's not at the major league level. But I think with the, the acquisition of Ahmed Rosario, Kike Hernandez, they probably found that guy for that role. So it's probably a long shot that Bryson Brigman plays a role as far as down the stretch at the major league level. But it's not because of his production. He's done everything that he can do. He's had a very good year. He had three hits on Wednesday, two RBIs. He's hitting 308, OPS 781. At the AAA level this year, very good athlete, very versatile. He can play anywhere from shortstop to the outfield. He hits left-handed hit by hitting, pitching very well. He can bunt. He can play the small game. You know, so Bryson Brigman, very good player, having a very good year. Steven Duggar hit home run number seven of 2023. He fought injury for most of this year, which got him behind the eight ball, came back about a month ago. And boy, what a month has it been in July since he returned. He hit this home run 
on Wednesday, 106 miles an hour, traveled 389 very happy feet. And this month in July, I talked about him having a good month, 297 OPS 1053 for Stephen Duggar. I'll tell you what, Adam Kolarik, you know, there's a lot to like here. Of course, whenever you're looking at even a bullpen staff, a a starting staff, in my opinion, it's very important to have variety. You know, if every pitcher rides the four seam, throws the tumbling change up, left-handed turning slider, if they're all like that and they're all the same size, it makes it easier, even though it's very talented and hard to hit, in my opinion, it makes it easier for other teams to game plan. And then you're seeing the same type of pitch, Day after day after day, it makes it easier to zero in on. So if you can add variety, have short pitchers, tall pitchers, guys that throw sliders, guys that throw split fingers, you know, guys that throw change up, a little bit of everything. If you can add variety, I always think that's a good thing. Adam Kolarik definitely could do that. Then you could add it with a guy like him that has big-time major league experience. We saw how he helped in 2020 win, you know, part of the, the world championship season for the Dodgers. So, hey, I, I think Adam Kolarik's a guy that you strongly consider to bring up to the Major League Club. One, because he's very good. Two, because he has big-time Major League experience. Three, because he adds variety with that 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 submarine-type style from the left side. And then four, obviously, because he's having a very, very good year, and he's pitching very well. He went one inning scoreless on Wednesday. He struck out two. His sinker, check this out. So, you know, we talk about having the variety variety of pitches most of the Dodgers starters have the riding four seams so if you come in with a guy throwing a left-handed submarine sinker that has 41 inches of vertical break that's going to be very tough a very tough adjustment for a hitter to make going from the starting pitcher to that at least one time to see that pitcher and then that so that that uh the uh, sinker that he was throwing Adam Cleric on Wednesday that had 41 inches of the vertical break also had a 57% whiff rate. He also threw three sliders. They all got whiffs as well. So, hey, Adam Kolarik is dealing right now. Again, major league experience definitely adds variety to a bullpen. So, hey, uh, an element of uniqueness. So, hey, don't sleep on this guy. I do think he's a guy that should get strong consideration to get brought up to the major league club and left. Here's a good look at Ryan Sheriff, left-handed pitcher. The Dodgers, hey, they just picked him up out of free agency. He was DFA'd by Boston. Huh, where have we seen this before? How about Ryan Brazier? Right, boy, Ryan Brazier's have been Ryan Brazier has been just absolutely fantastic. So he's the right-handed guy. Here's the left-handed guy, Ryan Sheriff. Good look at him. He he has the three-quarter slot. He's about 90. That the four senior scenes about 90. There's a slider. That slider had 50 inches of vertical break. There's a 90 mile an hour four seam. So Sheriff has been with St. Louis. He's been with Tampa Bay. He was with Boston. He has 51 Major League innings. So there's another guy, Major League Baseball experience. His ERA at the Major League level is 353. So I assure you, the Dodgers picked this guy up off of waivers. They did it to give him a realistic look to see if he could be a left hander that could help in the bullpen. Mike McGovern got the start last night for AAA Oklahoma City, and boy, was he good. Hey, he's that guy I think is at the top of the list. If you wanted to, I say it all the time, if you want to dip into your pool of major league experience guys on minor league contracts, Pitching in the minor leagues right now at the starting pitching level, I think Mike Montgomery definitely is the top that didn't because of that, that breaking pitch right there, that kind of slurp. I think he's at the top of that list. Big-time breaking ball, big-time slurp, major league experience, and, and, boy, he pitched really well last night. He went five scoreless. He had a four-pitch mix going. 
of his four pitches, check this out. This is what makes him, you know, such an intriguing guy to think about as well as the major league experience. Four-pitch mix, and the thing about that four-pitch mix, when you talk about his change, his cutter, four-seam, and curve, he threw them all almost exactly the same amount of time, all of them right at 25% of the time. So as a hitter, you know, hey, if you bring in, if you say you pitch Mike Montgomery and he sees the lineup once, maybe one and a half times through the lineup, and he's throwing four different pitches all exactly a quarter of the time, that's a pretty tough at-bat to time up and barrel up a baseball and to get your timing down on. So, hey, we'll see if Mike Montgomery gets any consideration as far as the major league level goes. Typically speaking, get what they do with guys in his situation. He is there for, hey, if you need a guy for maybe two to three starts, that you can go start him for those two to three times. And then after that, whenever whoever gets back off the IL or whatever it may be, then you can DFA him. He's usually – that's usually how Dodgers use guys in his position. We'll see if, if he gets any of that kind of consideration. But Mike Montgomery threw well last night. So we all know that Miguel Vargas can hit AAA pitching in his sleep. So I'm not going to tell you, hey, you got two hits, this and that. Probably doesn't mean a lot to you at this point. What you want to see, can he improve his bat speed and can he start having better exit velos? So basically what I'm going to post about Miguel Vargas is how hard he's hitting the baseball. So last night, this right here was a ball that was hit over 100 miles an hour. He also had a... A 106-mile-an-hour single to go with this. So Miguel Vargas is barreling up some baseballs and not just getting hits, which, hey, I know that, like I said, you know that's something he's always done, but he's hitting the baseball hard. His exit velos look good, so that's a good thing to see. Well, you just saw Trace Thompson on the Miguel Vargas 106-mile-an-hour single. He had two doubles last night. And, by the way, Trace Thompson is hitting 714 since being back. I know he got off to the blazing hot start at the beginning of the year with L.A., so you might be thinking, yeah, well, he always gets hot, and then he cools down after that. So let's wait a while to see how Trace Thompson does over a marathon, and not just in this hot streak when he came back. Hey, that is a very, very, very fair point if that's what you're thinking. But, hey, good to see Trace Thompson coming back. He's that right-handed outfielded stick that, you know, a, a lot of Dodgers fans think that the Dodgers need. So we'll see if he gets consideration as far as being that right-handed outfielder to hit to hit against lefties as well. But so far, he's done everything he can, hitting 714 for AAA Oklahoma City. Double-A Tulsa is just simply struggling right now. They're dealing with roster changes and, you know, hey, that, that, that kind of goes down the list whenever you make a bunch of changes at the top, then it snowballs down. Hey, they are struggling right now, no doubt about it. Last night, just three hits and no runs, and they got beat 7 to nothing by Springfield. Their record now is 49-44 and on the season. Nick Nostrini got the start four innings, struggled for him, only went four innings, gave up five runs on five hits, had three strikeouts, two walks. Braden Fisher had a good night. We're going to talk about him here in a minute. He went two innings scoreless. Jack Little looked good in his one inning scoreless. Aldrey Acosta, he had a two-inning outing and gave up a couple of runs as well. But here is Jose Ramos. Jose Ramos has been playing well for AA Tulsa, though, and he had a he had a good night for the Drillers as, you know, hey, he's that guy that I talk about him all the time, very dynamic. He can he can run, and then he can also hit for power. So Jose Ramos had two hits last night for AA Tulsa, his second multi-hit game in his last three. He's five for his last 11 with a home run, five RBIs, 
five total bases. So one of those types of players that whenever you're in one of these kind of doldrums, if you will, if you're Tulsa, you need your, your stars and your star power maybe to take over games from time to time. He is that type of guy that can have games and entire stretches where he can just take the offense over because of so many so, so many of the different things that he can do. So Jose Ramos had a good night last night for Double A Tulsa. You know, I was talking to Jason Martin last year whenever I was interviewing him. We were talking a little bit before we got the interview started. One thing that really stuck out to me that he said that made a total amount of sense was, hey, everybody's timetable's different. Just because you're 26, you haven't made the major leagues yet, yet, and you're looking around, there's 21, 22-year-olds that have already been in the league, does not mean anything. Hey, you are on your own timetable, and everybody's different. All you got to do is look at Max Muncie, Chris Taylor, you know, the way the Dodgers resurrected them as far as their timetable being them reaching their peak as far as production goes. Hey, I think Cody Hosey's timetable, who has taken longer than almost all Dodgers fans would have anticipated, I think his timetable might be right now. He had 296 in June. He had 303 in July. He has four hits in a row and 13 and he has hits in 13 games this month. And by the way, hey, his OPS is 856. So not only is he hitting the ball good, he's also slugging it better than he has. And if you look at his swing right here, his oblique, you know, where he had the injury a couple of years ago, that kind of got him set off as far as set back. But look how connected his body Look how well he's diving into this baseball and using all of just how well synced and how he's using all of his leverage in his body. That is a guy right there that is confident. He's swinging the bat aggressively. He's swinging it with authority. His body is well connected. So, hey, I think Cody Hosey's timeline is right now. So we'll keep monitoring it. We'll keep seeing if he can keep hitting the baseball as well as he has in the last two months. Emanuel Vargas had two hits last night for Double A Tulsa. That's his fifth multi-hit game this month. He also has hits in 11 of 12 so far in July. He's hitting 306 OPS 912 so far this month as well. OP is on base percentage, I should say, 380 this month, which should not come as a surprise because he's always been very, very good at getting on base. Talking about Emanuel Vargas. Hey, this is Kevin Gowdy that the Dodgers just got from the Rangers, and this is from Wednesday night. He looked very good. Kevin Gowdy, lots of competitive energy when you watch him. He, he pitches, just look at him. He pitches with a lot of energy, with a lot of excitement. That fastball you're seeing, 97 miles an hour. So another good power arm out of the pen for the Dodgers. Again, he went two innings. Uh, he actually had two strikeouts and one scoreless inning on Wednesday. That was his third scoreless outing in a row. So it looks like coming off the IL, Kevin Gowdy did about four or five outings ago. Looks like he's finally hitting his stride with the Dodgers system. Tanner Dodson, I always talk about his great stuff, but it's a matter of if he can throw strikes with that great stuff. He went one and a third inning scoreless on Wednesday for Double A Tulsa. He had four strikeouts, no walks. Dodson has gone scoreless in six of his last seven and has allowed just three hits in those scoreless outings. So Tanner Dodson pitching very well for Double A Tulsa. Antonio Knowles, a young man out of Key West, he started the season off pitching very well. He, in the middle of the season, he pitched very well. He's still pitching very well. This dude, Antonio Knowles, one of the nicest human beings that you'll ever talk to. Very polite, very courteous. 
Typical Dodger, very humble, but also very competent, super competitive. Boy, I'll tell you what, he has been just absolutely – look at that slider. His, I, I actually gave that slider a name, the Conchinator, because it is such a good pitch. He went scoreless in one and two-thirds innings on Wednesday for Tulsa. Other news, it's hot outside because hey, we've just become accustomed to it being hot in July and August, and then we've also become accustomed the same way of Antonio Knowles just throwing great Every time he goes out, matter of fact, he's been automatic in July, has not allowed a run this outing. He said he has 13 Ks, 9.2 innings in July, ERA down to 275, whip 112, average against 163, 51 strikeouts on the year, 39.1 innings. So great job, Antonio Knowles. Brayden Fisher last night was back to being dominant, going two scoreless innings. He has 55 Ks in 41.2 innings. And a lot of it is because of that big, big breaking ball. And he's pitched in every wall. The thing I like about Brayden Fisher, you can bring him in to throw two. Look at that big breaking ball I was talking about just a minute ago. You can bring him in for you know maybe two, three innings in the middle of a game to eat innings up. Or, you know, I say it all, I say it all the time, he does his best work when, when it matters the most. You can bring him in to close a game. Any high leverage situation at the end, he's proven that he is very good in all those roles. So that not, not only is he good, the versatility I think he brings a club is also very, very valuable. And he had a really good night last night for Double A Tulsa going scoreless in two innings. Braden Fisher. Another right-handed arm out of the pin, Jack Little, who's just back off the I.L., and it was good to see him getting back, settling back into a groove. He's gone scoreless in two outings in a row. Since he came off the I.L., he's given up just one hit and three appearances, so good job, Jack Little. Good to see you back on the bump and off of the I.L. Boy, the Great Lakes Loons have been absolutely fantastic this year. They have a 59-33 and record. They have been one of the best teams in all of minor leagues. Not last night, though. Last night was a struggle for them. They lost 4-3. to They only had three hits on the night. They did score three runs and three hits, so that's very efficient. Taylor Young had a hit. He went one for four. And then he had Luis Diaz, who had an, uh, he actually drove in two of the three runs with an RBI double in the first inning. And then Jake Vogel had a hit as well. Maddox Bruns, a little bit rough a start for him. He went three innings, gave up three runs, four hits, had three strikeouts, four walks. That's always been the bugaboo for Maddox Bruns. It's a electric stuff. Got to keep it in the zone. Lucas Weff went two innings last night, gave up one run. Franklin De La Paz, who you're seeing right here, definitely was the pitcher of the game. He went two innings. He gave up no runs, only three hits, had three strikeouts, no walks for Franklin De La Paz. Juan Maria, who we're going to talk about, also went a scoreless inning. And Jack Dreyer finished the game last night with a scoreless inning as well. So, hey, this is Franklin De La Paz right here. Got back on the good side of things last night. Had a really good inning. I always talk about with De La Paz last year, one of my favorite pitchers for the the Great Lakes Loons was Jeff Belge, and he just reminds me of Jeff Belge. It gives me just kind of that same arm slot, same body type, just kind of looks the same mechanically. So good to see Franklin De La Paz. Two scoreless innings last night, struck out two, walked none. De La Paz has gone four, uh, scoreless in four outings in a row and five of his last six. Juan Maria, one of the hardest-throwing relievers in all of the minor leagues. He has reached 100 on multiple occasions. Okay, so good outing for 
for him last night. But what you're seeing right here is Bubba Aline. Want to rewind that here and watch watch this Juan Mario get the base hit down the line. Bubba Aline, the, the uh, Big Ten Player of the Year in 2022 last year. Watch this great smooth transition from field to throw. Perfect short hop to second base. I believe that is Janer Fernandez who caught. Yeah, that's Janer right there. Caught the ball, good tack, and the runner is out. I'm sure that Juan Maria really appreciated that. So great play, Bubba Lane. Wanted to show you that defense. The third pitch of this video, I want you to watch the breaking ball of Jack Dreyer. That's the little slurve type pitch. But watch this breaking ball coming up right there. Wow, that pitch is absolutely awesome right now. Good luck. You know, hey, I used to have a coach that would say, hey, I got two words of advice for you, good and luck. Good luck trying to hit that breaking ball because I'll tell you what, Jack Dreyer is just absolutely draining threes right now with that pitch, and it has helped him en route to his sixth scoreless outing in a row. The young man out of Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeye, his ERA Jack Dreyer's this month is just 174. His average against is just 143, and he has 18 strikeouts in just 10.1 innings. So Jack Dreyer doing a great job for Great Lakes. Not a whole lot to talk about in the Rancho game last night. They got beat last night 12-1 to by the San Jose Sharks on the night. Rancho had six hits. They scored only one run. Definitely the hitter of the game was Josue de Paula, though. Josue had three hits on the night. He went three for four pitching-wise. Gabe Innett had a second rough starting, a rough outing in a row, I should say. Went two and two-thirds innings, gave up six runs. All of them were earned. Three strikeouts, two walks, five hits. Roque Gutierrez threw two and a thirds innings. He gave up three hits and two runs. Both were earned. Had three strikeouts and a walk. Fran Castro threw two innings. He gave up a couple of runs. No hits, though. He gave up two runs on no hits. Had two strikeouts and one walk. And then Liam Doolin, the young man out of Australia. I covered him just the other day. He went two innings, gave up a couple runs, two hits. Had two strikeouts and a walk. Both of his runs were earned. So, again, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they lost 12-1 to last night. Moved the record to 51-42 and on the season. So there you have it. A you know the LA Dodgers didn't play last night. Then the only affiliate to win was Oklahoma City. So kind of one of those days where you wake up the next day, you put that day in your rearview mirror, and you just move forward from there. But hey, I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed Coach Holt. He's going to bring a world of wisdom, experience, both with the Dodgers and the game of baseball to this show. Super excited that he's going to host every Friday the LA part of this show. So super excited about that. Excited about the next time you'll see me will be. Monday morning for the Monday morning mailbag with Austin Brubaker. So make sure and tune in to that. So, hey, as always, I'd like to remind you, if you'd like to help, we have the link to our GoFundMe account in the description. Just click on that. It'll take you right to the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe where you can donate. Also, don't forget to interact with this video. Leave a like, comment, share it. Tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily. You know, hit that algorithm where YouTube thinks it's a video that people want to see. It'll suggest this video gets seen more often. Dodgers Daily can keep growing. We can keep providing you content like this in the future. As always, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in and go Dodgers!